Good morning, good morning. You guys know that Ryan had a baby last, well, no, he didn't have a baby, but Faith had a baby, and Ryan's going to actually spend just a minute and tell you about the experience of uh, Faith bringing a little girl into this world. So, Ryan, come up here and tell the guys real quick. Yeah, th- uh, thank you, guys. Yeah, so my life uh, changed again last Friday morning. She was born at 11.43 last Friday. Texted David. I think you were already asleep. It was, what, around 11 o'clock at night, and I said, uh-oh, she, my, my wife's water just broke, and we're going to the hospital, and uh, I'm usually the one that stops by the Ironman office, which is all the way across town, picks up the equipment. I wasn't expecting my daughter to go early, because my son, who's a year and a half, he went a week late, so I had on my uh, on my agenda last Friday talk to David about coordinating, you know, just in case. That didn't happen. My daughter had other plans. My wife was in labor all night, and then uh, she was born, like I said, at 11.43 uh, last Friday morning. Her name is Ruby Joy. Ruby Joy. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We missed you, but fortunately, uh, Ironman over there hooked us up with a karaoke machine, so we were good. Raise your hand. Don. Chaplain Don, he said, hey, I got a karaoke machine at home. I'm like, bring it. So we had a karaoke last week. Anyways, uh, I do want to just spend three minutes. I'm going to open up in prayer, and I'm going to just spend three minutes with Got Your Six Time. You guys were really busy chatting, so you didn't hear all the instructions that Ryan gave. But let me open us up in prayer. Father, first of all, I just want to thank you for the freedom that we have to meet in this room. Father, thank you for these men. Thank you for the time that we're going to spend just opening your word. I pray that you would bless Troy. Father, thank you for a safe coming into this world of Ruby Joy. Father, what a blessing that is for the Holden family. I pray that you'd bless Ryan as a father and Joy, uh, Ruby Joy as his daughter. Pray that you'd bless that relationship even as it begins. Thank you for faith and everything was safe for her. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, stand up for just a second. We're only going to do this for three minutes. I want all the guys on this side of the room to come over and meet somebody over on this side of the room and all you got to ask them is one question is how long you've been coming to Ironman all right so all the guys on this side over here don't stand there Kurt like you're not coming there's a bunch of first responders that want to meet you come over here these guys are waiting for you come on over real quick three minutes so how long you've been coming to Ironman that's the question here they come guys get ready speed dating three minutes let me introduce you guys again to Grayson. You guys were here for his teaching, and Grayson's going to introduce our teaching fellow for this morning. All right. Thank you. Three weeks in a row, and you guys haven't thrown me out yet, so that's great. So I'm going to have a nice hiatus after this. All right, so it's my pleasure to introduce the next speaker. The first that I knew of this guy was that he was a writer for the Mickey Mouse Club for three seasons. All right, so expect some interesting uh, some jokes. That'll get you to roll your eyes. He was the American Bible Challenger or Challenge producer, which actually was nominated for a Daytime Emmy. So this is talent here. He authored over 61 books. Amazon says 99 titles, but I don't believe everything Amazon tells me. He's a level 836 purple hat Charizard Pokemon trainer. 
So if you see him driving like a crazy person in his white Jeep, he's running around with his crazy Pokemon guy catching things at churches. Speaking of churches, he is the campus pastor at Windermere, First Baptist Church of Windermere. He's been working there since 1997. You know, we rebranded, so you should update your website to Family Church. 35 years, he's been a husband to a lovely wife that I met once. And he has three boys and four grandchildren. But out of all this, I'm more impressed with something that I see him constantly do. He picks up trash. When we're walking the campus, he sees a piece of trash, he picks it up. And he's not a cast member, right? A former cast member has it in their brain that this is what they have to do wherever they are, okay? This is a man who looks at his surroundings. He doesn't tell other people to do it. He doesn't manage other people to do it. He does it himself. I'd like to introduce Troy Schmidt. Good morning. Wow, he divulged all my secrets. Wow. Not all of them, no, he hasn't. Well, this is holy ground right now, and let me tell you why. Because the veil is up, and we're in the holy of holies right now. Let me read this verse, Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Man, I've always liked that verse, especially as a creative type. And what I liked about it was the description of workmanship. Some places it says masterpiece. And when you think about like writing your own masterpiece or painting a masterpiece or, you know, maybe you're into woodworking or steel forging, whatever it might be, for you to create your masterpiece, you're saying this is the best, the best that I can do. And God is saying that about each and every one of us, that we're masterpieces. Everyone is as good as the other in his eyes. And we were created for a specific purpose, it says, and that was to go do some good works. A craftsman really knows their craft. They know how to put it together. They've put thousands of hours into it. And an eternal God has made you and me and says, that's my masterpiece. You know, all year we've been focusing on this journey, shape. We've been looking at who we are. Who is this masterpiece that God has created? And today, I have the honor to sort of close that down. Because next week we move on to a new chapter, a new book. When we go to Oxum and Pat Morley is there, we're going to start in the book on how God makes men. But I want to do just a little reminder of what we have gone through in this journey. SHAPE, an acronym, stands for S, spiritual gifts. We took tests. We looked at all the different sort of ways the spirit has entered our, our lives and has changed us. H, heart. What are our passions? What are the things that we just sort of naturally get all excited about and we can't wait to do? A, our abilities, our talents, things that we've naturally grown to know and to do on our own. Personality, P, it's the way we were wired. And then finally, E, experiences. What are the experiences that God has taken us through that have shaped us and that have uh, turned us into the person that he always wanted us to be? So now we know that. Shape. Just close that book. Is that over? We're supposed to do something with it, maybe? So after all that you've done, taken the test, and you think about the number of speakers, you've read the Bible, you read the book, what are you going to do? Well, let me ask you this. What if you do nothing with all that information? What are you saying about the creator who created you as a masterpiece? What do you say about God when you do nothing with what he has given you and how he has made you? You know, even Jesus 
knew his shape. And, and I always found this verse interesting, and it's in John. And it's right before the moment that's kind of iconic when we think of Jesus, and that's washing the feet of his disciples. Blech. This is what it says, John 13, 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Now, how does that verse sort of show his understanding of his shape? First of all, it says that he knew where he came from. He knew his at that point past. His past though was eternity. He understood who he, who he was, even possibly an understanding of when he was born on this earth. He sort of knew everything about that, understood everything up to that moment. And then second, it says that he knew who he was, that he had come from God. He was the eternal God. He understood that. And then the third thing it says is that he knew where he was going. He was going to heaven. He was going to the throne. So at this moment, you see the past, the present, and the future. He has a full knowledge of all of that, past, present, and future. And then it says, with that knowledge, what did he do? He washed a bunch of dirty people's feet. <laughs> wow. All this work that we're doing to try to figure out who we are, and the next thing we're supposed to do is go wash some people's feet? Don't bring those up here. I see that. I know you're thinking that. I got these sandals looking at me right here. So at the moment that the Bible sort of says, here's Jesus sort of understanding who he was in his shape, the next thing it says he does is the dirty work. I appreciate that Grayson sees me picking up trash. You know, as a campus pastor, that's my responsibility. But believe me, every time I look at a piece of trash, the first thought comes to my head, I gotta admit my pride. I go, someone else should be doing that. And then I go, no, I need to be doing that. And I walk around with some pretty dirty things. I don't want anyone to see it. I didn't know you were paying attention, but um, I guess people are. And you know what? It's just become a habit. It's just become a thing. That's my job. There's things that blow onto our campus, cups, and other unmentionables, and I gotta pick them up and put them in the trash. I don't mind it. That's what I was made to do, I guess. This is what that verse says to me. Jesus had no ego. He didn't have anything to prove. And there are times where I sit there and look at that piece of trash thinking, gee, I was a writer on the Mickey Mouse Club. Three seasons, you know. I know Britney Spears. I know Justin Timberlake. I know all these people. Why should I pick up that cup? Because I know who I am. I know my past. I know where I'm going. I got to do the dirty work. Look, he didn't make you a statue. He didn't die for you and save you so that you could become to go around parading as his crowning achievement of salvation for people to glorify and go, oh, how awesome. Guess what? He made you a servant. That's what he turned you into. Statues receive glory. A servant surrenders. So I think the best thing that came out of this year was that we had an opportunity to sort of see who we are and know more about our past and how God has shaped us. But we also know where we're going. That's the best part. We know where we're going. So we have the answers to all of those questions. All of those things that Jesus used to define to understand who he was. And it was a servant. It goes for us too. A servant surrenders. So after going through all this, I think it's just fitting that at the end we surrender. We just surrender and say, God, thank you for helping me to see who I am. Now, what do you want me to do? So I know this is usually reserved for our awesome times when we're there. We get down on our knee, which I remember the first time we had to do it, it was like, you know, my knee in front of all these people. But I sort of now look forward to it. So I think in that spirit of surrender, if you're able to, when I pray, could you get down on your knee as an act of surrender, of a servant surrendering? 
Father, thank you for making us. Thank you for making me into the person that you want me to be. Lord, it's all about this lifetime of me discovering that. And then once I discover it, then go and doing it. And being, not just knowing, but being that person that you want me to be. We've gone through quite a journey, Lord, this year. And the vision of this book, Shape, that was brought to us was to do exactly that. For us to understand how you have made us, who we are, and most of all, to understand where we're going. If we know all of that, we have no ego. There are no dirty jobs, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because we're yours. And if Jesus could bow down to wash some feet, what can we do? So Lord, as we wrap this up and move on to our next adventure, I pray that you would show us exactly what it is that we need to do and where it is that we need to go to serve. It's hard to say that we're masterpieces because we see all the dings and the flaws, but you see us as perfect, made in the image of Christ Jesus. Show us, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. So one more thing about me. I hate putting events on. Being at the church for 25 years, I hate putting events on because I've been disappointed. I've had to cancel them because nobody's shown up and I just hate it. I just rather do the behind the scenes work and let's just get it done and and have other people sort of step out and uh, take all the glory for it. But this has been on my mind for a long time and I can't shake it and I've tried to. I've tried to sort of go, no, Lord, I don't want to do this. And then like the pandemic hit and I had it scheduled. Then I went, yes, not for the pandemic. Pandemic. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not cruel, but I was like, yes, I have a reason to cancel it. Then I scheduled it again. I had it on the calendar. Hurricane. I'm like, Lord, you, this is it. This is perfect. You're, you're, you're telling me not to do this. Well, it wouldn't go away again. So on March 4th, Saturday at Family Church in Windermere, we are putting on an event called the Ten Commandments, with the emphasis on the man in the midst of the commandments. Ten talks, ten speakers, ten rules to be a better man, featuring some faces, which is really been inspiring to me while I've been going through Ironman. People that have come to Oxum to speak, and I've gone, wow, I really like them. And with the help of David, I've been able to contact some of them and ask them to speak. So 10 talks sounds like a lot, but a TED talk is 18 minutes. And they have found that that's like the sweet spot where people like, they can get out the information they need and people's attentions are engaged. So it's 10, in essence, TED talks that are happening. We have Charles Cooper, Josh Taylor, Chuck Carter, Kristen Benson, Wes Beecham, David Hill, Marce, uh, Marcio Pacheco, Brian Broadway, David Ogden, and Angel Garcia. And so, uh, yeah, we got the heavy hitters <laughs> coming to this. And so uh, it does cost. It's going to cost um, $20, but that includes snacks, food, coffee, that sort of thing, and also a, a barbecue lunch at a different barbecue place. So if I could have my Vannas up here. Vannas, come on up, Vannas. You know who you are. Grayson being the creative guy he is, said, let's make a big QR code and have people walk around with it. If you could go over on that side and you go over on this side, yes, if you want to sign up. Yes, absolutely. If you want to sign up, just take your phone and point it at that. I have a bunch of posters here. If you want to take this to your church, you want to advertise it at your business, you can do so. These are all available to you. I'm setting them right up here. You have three questions. I threw a bonus fourth question in there for you to continue this discussion. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Man, I, I really appreciate you being a part of uh, the Ironman community. And this, this morning was an awesome way to wrap up what we've been going through in 2022. Man, I'm going to hand the floor over to our table captains, and we're going to spend the rest of the morning at our tables.